Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. The Grizzlies are a lot better than the Suns. We knew that before Wednesday night's game. Now we know for sure. And you know what? The Suns don't like it very much, as evidenced by a little fight at the end of the ball game. We'll talk about that. We'll hear from Mike Conley and Mark Gasol and much more you are Locked on Grizzlies. Locked on Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this postgame edition of Locked on Grizzlies. My name is Peter Edmiston and I'm bringing this one to you uh, on the Thursday morning following the Grizzlies win over the Suns uh, on Wednesday night in FedEx Forum. It was, as I mentioned, a very predictable outcome and the game itself was very... Very, very predictable, pretty nondescript, uh, other than the ending, which got really weird, <laughs> quite frankly, with, with Devin Booker. Not for the first time, talking a lot of trash and uh, starting uh, a little bit of a fight uh, that ended up with uh, <laughs> six texts and three ejections. And uh, yeah, I think, well, we'll talk about it, actually. I, I don't want to get into it just yet. But in terms of the meaningful basketball stuff, uh, you'll hear from uh, Mike Conley coming up momentarily. Also, Mark Gasol, as uh, we take you into the locker room after things were uh, were settled on the court. And it really was a game that we did the preview a little bit yesterday on the pod, and I talked about it and, and said there's really no reason for the Grizzlies to even be messing around with this game. They're, they're clearly much better than the Suns. It's just a matter of going out there and actually doing it and, and winning the game, and that's exactly what they did. I thought it was, a, for the most part, a very professional, very you know, basic performance in which the Grizzlies had their, their moments. They, they turned the ball over too much, got a little lax at times, but defensively, you, you are starting to kind of see, and this was a good test because the, the Suns do have guards that can score and that can get after you a little bit and uh, cause problems if you're not... You know, locked in and really focused on your defensive principles and on your communication and all that stuff. They have guys that can burn you, but that did not happen. And then the, the Suns end up shooting 33% for the game, and especially guys you know like Eric Bledsoe, who again, you know, he really struggles. He struggled the last two times out against Mike Conley. Uh, in this matchup, three for 15 uh, from the field, 16 points on those 15 shots, just three assists was a minus 15. Devin Booker, similarly, uh, 6 of 13 for 20 points, but 0 of 3 from behind the three-point line. Bledsoe was 1 of 4, so 1 of 7 combined for those guys. They did most of their work at the foul line, getting 17 of their combined 36 points at the foul line. Um, it was a, a tough night at the office for them, and Leandro Barbosa as well, who came in off the bench, uh, was 2 of 12. So you saw those guards, Brandon Knight, 5 of 11, was probably the most offensively productive of that group. And uh, but, but but no one really was very productive for, for Phoenix tonight. They go 5 of 23 from behind the three-point line. You know, meanwhile, the Grizzlies, it, it was a game where 
and you'll hear Mike Conley say this coming up in just a moment, but he didn't even know they scored 110 points. It didn't feel that way when you watched the game, but they were so uh, prolific from three, 14 of 24 from behind the three-point line. And you know, the Grizzlies, when they, when they make double-digit threes, it's, it's just it's really difficult to beat them when they're playing this kind of defense on top of that. Uh, you know, and even though the Suns got a bunch of offensive rebounds and even though they ended up taking 15 more shots than the Grizzlies, because of the fact the Grizzlies shot 49% from the field and 58% from three, 14 of 24, yeah, that, that, that made it very, very easy. Mike Conley, the comparison is, is, is pretty stout. He goes 7 of 10 from the field, 4 of 5 from three, 23 points, 5 assists, 2 steals. Uh, again, 23 points on just 10 shots for Mike Conley. That is incredibly productive. Jermichael Green with a double-double, 11 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. Marcus Gasol on the one-year anniversary of him breaking his foot. He made it through this game without incident. Uh, 6 of 11 from the field for Mark, 19.7 rebounds, 3 assists, and a team-high plus 22 on the floor. Uh, Tony Douglas with a with a nice productive outing with 11 points. Got to the foul line a lot. Did Tony 4 rebounds, 3 assists, and a couple of block shots for Tony Douglas. And then Troy Daniels, who <laughs> got in the middle of all the nonsense with uh, Devin Booker, hits 4 threes off the bench. That's right, four threes. The, the Suns is a team at five. Daniels hit four, four of nine, 14 points uh, to go along with three rebounds and an ejection. But this was, uh, again, you know, the, the Grizzlies. And, the, and I also want to give a special note, too, before I, I get into the comments from Mike Conley and Mark Gasol. Uh, I give a special tip of the cap to Chandler Parsons, who played some in the fourth quarter for the first time in a long time. He scores eight points, three rebounds, but throws uh, seven assists, a team-high seven assists in his 24 minutes and played in a number of different lineups, including playing as a four alongside Brandon Wright because, as you know, uh, Zach Randolph did not play. Vince Carter did not play. Uh, both those guys were sort of rest-type situations. Uh, Zach may have had a very minor injury, but nothing major. And Vince Carter was always going to rest in this ball game, so that allowed some different lineups to potentially blossom. Brandon Wright played twenty and a half minutes, uh, and it wasn't quite there for Brandon as it was the other night. He missed uh, a lot of those lobs. The lobs were just a little bit off on the timing, but you can see again the the little green shoots, the little just the budding possibilities with Brandon Wright. Uh, but back to Chandler Parsons for a second. I thought you know for the most part he played better you know he hit a couple threes you know early in the ball game he was getting to the spots he needed to get to even if it wasn't doing it quite as quickly as he needs to he he was he was getting there i thought he was okay defensively and had a couple block shots you know it, it is uh the the bar has unquestionably been lowered for what you expect from Chandler Parsons. It has just, you're not judging him as you normally would a max player. You know, you're not judging him by normal standards at all. He's damaged goods. And so you, you kind of get what you can get from him in this in this interim time until he can come back and be fully healthy. And, and right now, you know, what you got from him was the good passing, was was good contribution to the game. 
pretty good defense by his standards, and uh, and I thought this was one of his better outings. So, uh, tip of the cap to Chandler Parsons. I mentioned Mike Conley scoring 23 points on just 10 shots, and I mentioned that the Grizzlies, you know, scored 110 points in the game and were quite prolific, even if you know it didn't necessarily feel that way at the time, and it didn't look necessarily that way at the half that that, that, that would happen. Uh, and so Mike Conley was kind of like a lot of folks. He may not have realized, and he says he didn't even realize how many points the Grizzlies had scored. I didn't realize we scored 110 points tonight, and it was, um, you know, it's been one of those years where uh, we're making a transition that's different for a lot of us. Um, so you know, I think that everybody's taking uh, it, it, taking it in stride. I think our big guys have done a good job of adjusting. I've adjusted well. Um, We've seen guys grow. I think Jamichael's gotten a lot better. You know, you see B. Wright getting healthy, Chandler. Um, it's just making our team a lot more uh, of a threat offensively, and, and it's, it's good to have. You guys are in different lineups, too, out there with, with their grouping. I mean, you have Chandler in the four a lot. You playing two alongside Tony Deggles. Do you like the, the versatility that you guys can throw out there? It seems like there's, there's a lot more in that this year. Yeah, I do like our versatility. And, and what's great about our versatility is that we don't lose anything defensively, I think. Uh, when you put Tony Douglas in there, he can play defense just as good as anybody at the point guard position, and um, and, and we feel like we don't lose much, you know, um, defensively anywhere across the board. Jamichael can play four or five, Chandler can play four. We can put you know guys all over the place, and and that's the, that's the side of the ball we care about the most. And as long as we do, do the right things in that end uh, with our different groups, we feel like we can score the ball well enough. It was it was a year ago that Mark broke his foot today. Did, can you, could you have envisioned that he would not only come back, but come back to the level that he's at? I mean, he's playing the all-star level better than he's played in maybe ever. Right. Um, you know, I, I never doubted him at all. Um, obviously, I, I don't think any of us knew what to expect uh, from an injury like that. You heard the horror stories of other athletes. But, um, you know, Mark really took his rehab serious. As you can tell, he, he stayed in shape. Um, his mind was great coming back. He wasn't afraid of anything. And, uh, you know, now he's, I think he's back, but better than, than even before. Have you, have you played with a little extra since the announcement of All-Star? You scored 23 points tonight on just 10 shots. It looks really smooth. Like everything that, that you do out there looks especially, I don't know if it's easy is the right word, very, very, you know, within the flow. Have you taken that to heart? Uh, of course. Of course, man. Um, you know, it's always going to drive me. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to do what's right for our team. I'm not going to try to go out there and cast up shots to prove a point. But um, I'm definitely going to be locked in every night and, and, and hopefully uh, you know, show, show somebody they made a mistake and, uh, and, and keep on moving forward. He definitely had a little uh, extra kind of gleam in his eye when he was talking about the, uh, the, the, the all-star snub and about that kind of stuff. It's, it's definitely a thing for him uh, that you know, it really fuels him and motivates him, and, and that's the way that it should be. I, you know, whether you know, Mike should have been an all-star or not, think very much up for debate the way he's been playing over the last month or so if you take like his first month and the the last month or so of this season then he's an all-star uh, I think he would he would sneak that spot in you know especially you know with with Chris Paul who should have gotten it and then you know been replaced via you know the injury exception I think that Mike you know that that's that stretch of the the, the year those two months he's playing at an all-star level you throw in the the other though, and in that that lowers it because an in, in injury I think certainly played a role in that. The defense wasn't there, but the defense has been there 
of late. He's got a defensive rating of 97 over the last uh, five ball games, which is terrific. One of the best net ratings out there uh, over the last five, ten ball games. He's really upped his game on both ends of the floor, and it's making a big difference for the Grizzlies because he's got to play well, and Marcus all has got to play well. The formula is pretty, uh, pretty simple in spite of everything else that changes. Different guys, different you know personnel group, different coach, whatever. It's 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 still it's got to be about you know Mike and 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 Mark in in this game. You know Marcus All I think was I would say mostly kind of taking it easy and really focusing on the defensive end. Didn't really push himself offensively to to any major level, and it and it it was it was fine. He didn't have to. Six of eleven for Mark, one of two from behind the arc. Nineteen points, seven boards, three assists. And uh, I, I like the way that he, he responded to question about the, the Suns and about playing against them and about playing against a team that's not very good. They're one of the few teams in the NBA that's actually pretty much eliminated from playoff contention are, are the Suns. Uh, but, you know, Mark said, and, and you'll, you'll kind of hear the beginning of this is sort of cut off a little bit, but he says, you know, we're not playing against them. That's the beginning of the quote. So you'll hear from Marcus Hall. And play against them. I think you know we we play to improve ourselves and get better. And 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 you know they're playing um, for their own reasons. We we play for our own goals. And uh, and, and I, it doesn't matter who you have in front of you. You have to do the little things for you to get better. You know you you know you're not playing against them. You're playing against um, the teams that are ahead of you. And and you remember the things that the other teams do to make you uncomfortable out there. And uh, and you try to execute them against a team that does, you know, something. Some of the things that they do um, defensively to us are similar to the things that other teams do too. So you want to be able to improve and uh, and work those things out. You guys had a terrific fourth quarter defensively against San Antonio and carried that over. You know, 33% against them and their guards in particular really struggled. What did, what did you like defensively in terms of that? Our ball pressure, our physicality, our communication. Everybody was, uh, you know. Um, Moving together, that's that's great. Obviously, we would like to finish possessions with a rebound. Um, that's something that we can and must improve. And um, but overall, you know, defensively, I thought it was a, a pretty good, uh, pr- pretty good effort. I always like the way that uh, Mark uh, approaches stuff like that. You know, saying that he's not even worried about playing against the Suns per se, just worried about how they're playing against their expectations and about how they need to get better. That's a, a great approach to take. You know, because it, it keeps you from getting complacent against these kinds of opponents, and the Grizzlies have not necessarily always done that. But in this case, they they certainly did, and it, it very much paid off in in, in the way that they uh, that the way they performed. I also talked to Mark a little bit about the, his um, you know his one year anniversary of breaking his foot, and and he noted that yeah yeah he knew about it, and he 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 was looking at some of the. You know, X-rays and stuff like that. He was just kind of, you know, thinking about it. Uh, he he told me that you know this was the 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 worst year of his life in many ways because of what he had to go through and all of the pain and all of the sacrifice and no fun, no fun to go through this this rehab. But it's over, and I think there's a great sense of relief and pride in in what he has done. And he said, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to get crazy until, and, and even then, he won't get crazy. But he, he's noted that the surgery itself was on February 21st of last year, so that's, that's the next milestone for him. But he's like, you know, everything's pretty much 
good to go and he feels great and, and, and all those things. So it's very positive in that sense from, from Marcus Hall and, um, and his, and his foot, which it's a, it's an, it's an incredible story. Him coming back. It's an incredible, incredible story uh, to see it really is uh, Tony Douglas. His 10 day contract expires at the end of, uh, well, I guess technically it's already expired. I, I would not, I would be shocked if they didn't bring him back for one more 10 day at least because he's really fit in well and, and heck they're they're ten and one when Tony Douglas plays. Now, you know, that's not a perfect stat, but it's it's pretty darn nice association to have if you are if you're Tony Douglas. I still expect them, as I as I said when they brought him in on the first ten day, I think they'll they'll bring him in on the second ten day, which they can do, and then after that they'll have to make the decision about whether to keep him for the rest of the year or let him go. You can only do two 10-day contracts back-to-back. Um, so I, I would think that they, they take another 10-day with him and explore the trade market, see what's out there, and and if they find something great, if not, then they'll roll with him. And um, I think that's going to... Yeah, Tony Douglas is okay. He, you know, he is a guy that can do the job. He is not overly spectacular, but he can certainly do the job you know, when called upon. And, you know... If worse comes to worse, he he's he's okay. I think they could do better. I think they could upgrade. Um, but you know wh- whether that's something that that they can actually get done in this trade market, I think it very much remains to be seen. Last thing, the fight late in the game, Troy Daniels takes three hits. It gets fouled. Devin Booker, uh, who had been you know intermittently talking smack during the game was talking it at the end, and it, it set off um, uh, mostly a shoving match. Not a lot of actual fighting going on in this one. This was not, you know, an old-school fight by any stretch of the imagination. Zebo, frankly, would be embarrassed that they're even calling it a fight, but that's that's what it was. It led to six technicals, three ejections, um, and yeah, Alan Williams, Booker, and Troy Daniels were all ejected. There were some sons who came off the bench and uh, onto the court. I think Alex Lynn did. So the, that's an automatic suspension if, that, if that's the case. I don't think any Grizzlies did. And, and, and many of them in the locker room afterwards were... If, if Booker's trying to start a feud, it's not really working because they, they're, they're, they're more, I don't know, confused a little bit. Um, they think it's kind of funny that, that what, what he was doing... Everyone is definitely aware of the circumstances around which he's he's talking smack. It's not overly impressive to do it in a game like that. I'll put it that way, and uh, you know, not to do it against Tony Allen, for example. You know, that's it, it's one thing. He, you know, Booker pushed Zebo in that last Phoenix game, and I, I really think Zebo didn't even know that that's what happened. I think Zebo was you know, very friendly and put his arm around him and you know wasn't wasn't interested in any kind of a fight like that you know if he had known and if he'd seen him push him maybe that would change I don't know but it didn't it didn't uh nothing happened with those guys and this was really a a whole lot of mostly nothing you know Booker had the the whole hold me back situation where I'll you know wait till till uh, some of his teammates are out there and then oh, I'm gonna try to go after you hold me back hold me back he's he's doing that and he's definitely that uh, as my my friend Rob Fisher would say, he's got a little fake tough guy in him, and that's 
That's that's not the most appealing thing to have. Now, you like the guy's fight and spunk and all that. I still think he's going to be and is already uh, a terrific player. But it's not a great look to go after Troy Daniels, one of the weirdest feuds that, that you can start. And if the Suns think that this is going to like start some kind of actual feud, the, the, the Grizzlies, no. As a team, they were not... They didn't pay any attention to it whatsoever. You know, very much like if you're Michael Jordan and, you know, some little kid tries to come at you and play one on one, you just you don't even really pay it much attention. You just don't it doesn't doesn't bother you because you, you don't have anything to worry about. I think that's really where the Grizzlies are, honestly, in this thing with, with the Suns. Like they don't, they don't they don't they just don't 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 care that much about the Suns, so they're not just gonna invest a whole lot of animosity and anger and all that towards them. They just they don't care. They don't care. Um, so to wrap it up, weird ending. Far too long of a review. It took at least fifteen minutes. It felt like an hour. The uh, all the officials reviewing the play to figure out who was going to get ejected and what the situation was. Um, you know, I'm all in favor of you know fun fights and scraps and bench guys going at it and all that stuff. That's that's always fun, but. It took so long, and it really delayed the, the end of the game to to a, to a huge, huge level. So I may have to rethink my policy on that. But the Grizzlies got it done 110-91 to against the Suns. A terrific defensive performance and a very good offensive performance as well as the Grizzlies are starting to uh, click. They continue to move ahead now. Uh, they are 33-22, 11 games over 500. That is the best this season and if you look at the standings they are still tied with the clippers right now and technically they are four thousandths of a point behind them in winning percentage so the clippers are five grizzlies are six right now two game lead uh the utah jazz is a two game lead over the clippers and the grizzlies who are tied in that spot and the thunder two games behind those two uh so that's the grouping right now between uh four and seven, which is where the Grizzlies will find themselves. I, I, I told you, we talked about the matchups yesterday, day before on the pod. I still contend I'm okay with the Utah matchup. Uh, David Locke, who, of course, is the voice of the Utah Jazz, and also who's the proprietor of the Locked On Podcast Network as a whole, he tweeted out the Jazz, who were winners again last night. They are 19-4 and four when Gordon Hayward and George Hill both play. But two of those four losses have come to the Memphis Grizzlies. One of them in Utah. One of them in Memphis. So, you know that's that's a rare that's a rare thing around the league. Teams have struggled with that Jazz group, but not the Grizzlies. And I think that would carry over into the postseason. I, I like I like that matchup, particularly if the Grizzlies can get to four and have the Jazz drop to five. That will require more winning. But the Grizzlies have done plenty of that. Of late, they are working on a three-game winning streak and have put together some quality performances in the meantime. Uh, so we'll see. Tomorrow on the pod, we're going to obviously discuss a lot about the matchup with the Golden State Warriors set for Friday evening down at FedEx Forum. A fascinating matchup with the Grizzlies holding the two-games-to-none series lead and the Warriors coming off of the win Against uh, the Chicago Bulls, a pretty basic win. Nothing too spectacular about it, but they, they got the job done. 
and uh, they will move on feeling very confident, I would imagine, uh, about their matchup with the Grizzlies and wanting a little revenge. So, should be a fun one. We'll talk about it and more tomorrow on the pod. Thanks so much for joining me here on Locked on a Grizzlies. As always, you can check me out 7 to 10, Wolo and Peter in the morning, Real Sports Talk Sports 56, 87, 7 FM. Check out Numbers Game in the commercial appeal. And you can check us out on Facebook as well. Search for Locked on Grizzlies or uh, go to facebook.com slash Locked on Grizzlies. For those of you, of course, that are big fans of the podcast, let me tell you something. This is a great spot for your company. If you want to reach men, between the ages of 18 and 54, this is the place for your audiences. And here's something to consider. Recent surveys have shown that podcast listeners are 65% more willing to think seriously about purchasing products they learned about from podcasts. 60% given equal price and quality prefer to purchase from companies that advertise on their favorite podcasts. Our rates are very reasonable. Please shoot me an email, Peter at PeterEdmiston.com. Shoot me a, a tweet at Peter Edmiston or a direct message, something like that. We can get uh, all the information out to you. I'd love to have you on the podcast, become part of our family, and reach all those great folks out there that are listening. Thank you so much. You have been Locked on Grizzlies. Locked on Grizzlies, your daily podcast on the Memphis Grizzlies, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.